Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Well, it's, it's good to be here. I'm excited to be able to share the Word of God with you this morning. I do believe there's, there's really something uh, that God wants to open our minds and our spirits to today. That there, there's some truth, and some of you may say, well, you know, I've been a Christian a long time, but I want you just to, to particularly listen this morning, because we're talking about the subject of money, and the crowd gets quiet. It's all right. It's a good thing. It's, it's, it's perfectly acceptable. And then I want to welcome our online family, particularly Mrs. Marilyn Hickey. Mrs. Hickey, yay! Everybody tell her we miss her. Yep, she is, she's recovering at home. Uh, she watches and then sends me what I did wrong. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she really is. She's an encouragement to me, and I appreciate that. But it's good to have everybody online. But we're in part three of a series. We're talking about the blessings of sowing. And we began this series, you know, about four weeks ago, talking about sowing ourselves to God. That the first thing we got to do is give ourselves to the Lord, because that's the beginning of the, the whole transformed, you know, disciple of Christ. You know, being you know careful to obey all that is written, and and that's that's the first step we have. We surrender our lives to God and say, you know, not my will, but yours be done. And then we we talked about last week or two weeks ago, sowing the expressions of God's grace that we've received, the forgiveness, the compassion, you know, all of those things, that we receive those things as gifts from God. We don't earn them. We don't qualify ourselves for them. He simply gives them to us. And he entrusts us to turn around and sow those into other people so that they can experience his grace and his mercy. And that's important that, that we realize that we receive freely and we give freely. But this morning, I want to focus on the third part of this series, and it's this. It's sowing to unlock his, that means the Father's, abundance in our life. Now, the church has struggled with this whole idea of abundance for, for years. I mean, John Wesley famously wrote whole dissertations on it. And he, he said, what I don't understand is God warns us about the temptations of wealth and the whole camel through the eye of a needle. And yet, if you follow the teachings of God, you will prosper. Amen. I mean, that's, that's a fact. So, so God is setting us up to fail. No, it's, and, and, you know, Dallas Willard famously wrote this. He said, you know, at various times in church history, people have wanted to be holy, so they took vows of poverty. You all know people, I'm taking a vow of poverty. I don't want to be tempted by that. And he said, my problem is that all those people who take vows of poverty live from the donations of people who haven't taken vows of poverty. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like your deadbeat cousin who doesn't feel led to go to work, but he wants you to feed him. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to judge anybody, but, but you, you see that duality? Well, I don't think God wants us to be confused. In fact, God talked a lot about money in his word, and I think all we have to do is go to his word and look at it. So what I want to unpack this morning is about, are about six verses from the, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, second letter, and it's, it's chapter 9, verses 6 to 11. And this is what Paul wrote. Remember this. Can you guys remember this? Just great. Everybody online, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You each must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Is that ambiguous? 
No, I'm going to generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. Who provides the seed? And then bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then provide a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Okay. Unpacking this, my first question. Does God care about how you spend your money? Okay. Why? Interesting question. Well, we all say, yes, God cares. And, and, and that's, that's important. And we go back to what John Wesley and, and Dallas Willard and others have said. You realize that if you follow God's teachings on finances and things, you're going to prosper. And I think there's, there, there's three specific reasons. One, God cares about how you spend your money, how you, you steward your money, how you approach your work, so he can bless you so that you can enjoy a good life. What good father wants you to suffer? I do not buy this that God loves you and he wants you living in a tent down in City Park. Okay, I don't think that's consistent with what I read about Jesus and what I read about God in the Gospels. He loves us. He wants us to have a nice place to live and to enjoy nice things. And, and many of us have, have walked in the reality of that. But there's something else. God wants to, to be involved in your money management, not only so that you can live a good life, so that you can give the way that he wants you to. I mean, that's, that's right out of Corinthians. How much can you sow if you're broke? Not a whole lot. My father used to talk about uh, generosity to me and, and, and helping people. He said, son, if you are at the bottom of a cliff and somebody needs help climbing that cliff, you can't help them. But if you have climbed that cliff and you're in a place of stability, you can throw a rope down and help pull them up. But you can't help them if you are as bad off as they are. And God wants to empower the church. The first thing he wants to do is he wants us to enjoy life. The second thing he wants us to do is empower us to be his conduits of blessing to people in need. And again, that's absolutely consistent with Scripture. But there's a third reason. God is interested in how you manage your money because he not only wants you to be able to give the way he wants you to, so that you will give the way that he wants you to. You know, this is, this is him kind of going, all right, you've got a blessing. Now I need you to do something with it. And I want you to want to do something with it because where your treasure is, there also is your heart. He cares because how you spend your money is a reflection of your self-control. Okay. What have you said no to? Has anybody ever made a dumb purchase impulsively? <laughs> Has anybody not made a dumb purchase impulsively? I just, I, perhaps my son David. I, he may be the only one. And if you know my son David, you know he is far better. You know, he should have, well, he's a great kid. And, and he's just good with that. He's good at saying no. But, but, but it's a reflection of our self-control, our values and beliefs, and our priorities. 
Uh, I, I heard one man say that I, I could look at your, your check registry or, or your bank statement, and I can tell about your spiritual life by just looking at where your finances go. And again, this self-control has issues. Has anybody ever taken years to pay off a dumb purchase? Yeah, me, I get them too. It's all there. So God cares because it's connected. He wants us to enjoy life. He wants to empower our life, and he wants to influence our life. Enjoy, empower, and influence so that we can be used of him to make a difference in our generation. Okay, so we got that. Second question, what does biblical giving look like? Is it Old Testament? Is it New Testament? Is it some hybrid of the two? Well, it's whatever I tell you. No, it's not whatever I tell you. You should go to the Bible and find out for yourself. You should seek the spirit of God. I mean, the, the scriptures are every man gives as he has decided in, in his heart. But I want you to consider some things. And I believe these to be true, and I, this is what I want you to be open to. The very first thing that biblical giving should always look like is it should come from a place of worship based on a sincere appreciation for God. There is nothing good in my life that I didn't get from God. Okay? Whatever blessings I have received, they have been a direct result of his showing grace to me. I've made good money decisions. I've made bad money decisions. But I'm 61 years old, and I've never had to beg people for bread, and my bills have always been paid. And I haven't always done the right thing. It's God moving in me. And, and when you realize not just what he's done for your soul, but what he's done for, for, for your, your, your fiscal life, it, sh- it should move you to appreciation. And the only reason it won't move you to appreciation is because you're not cognizant of his blessings. And I, I get it. If you have gone through some difficult seasons, sometimes it's hard to see the blessings of God. It really is. I remember talking to a young woman one time, and, and she called me up, and she said, you know, I, I preached on tithing. This is about 25 years ago. And she said, I want to take exception to the sermon that you preached Sunday. Well, okay, that's pretty common. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm, not, I'm used to that. Well, what's the problem? She said, I have been tithing for three months, and it doesn't work. All right, well, I, just out of curiosity, we're on the phone. I said, why doesn't it work? And she said, I've been tithing for three months, and God hasn't prospered me. And I said, well, tell me about yourself. And she was a professional. And again, this is like 1998, okay, or 2000, somewhere in there. And, and I, and I tell, well, tell me about your job. She told me, I said, well, that sounds like a pretty good job. What do you make, if you don't mind me asking? And she said, $75,000 a year. And I went, well, seems like a pretty good job, you know, 25 years ago, doesn't, actually seems like a pretty good job now for, you know what I'm saying? But back then, we're talking about something that's equivalent to like $100,000, $150,000. And I'm like, well, that, that seems good. And, and, and she said, well, yeah, but I started tithing and I haven't seen the abundance come in. I'm, I'm scratching my head. So, well, ma'am, what's your definition of abundance? And she said, well, I mean abundance. I'm talking Mercedes-Benz. I'm talking a Cherry Hills home. I'm talking all this other stuff. All right. I'm just curious. What have you done to qualify yourself for that kind of lifestyle? Well, I've been tithing. Have you changed jobs, started a business? No. And I said, well, let me just ask, how do you know that you are supposed to have all those things? She said, because I appreciate the finer things in life. And they are lost on most people. (laughs) 
Most people wouldn't know, you know, Gucci from, from, from whatever. They, they don't appreciate the nuance of a fine car. I value those things, so I know God wants me to have those things. And, and I remember having the conversation, I said, look, ma'am, number one, I, I believe that God wants to prosper you. I do believe that. But, but you got an issue that you need to work on that's a hard issue. You're not grateful for your, what you have, and frankly, what you have is pretty good. And two, you don't even understand the whole purpose in prosperity. This is not about, you know, sowing to your ego and the, this whole weird materialistic stuff that we've got. God wants us to enjoy life, but he's trying to empower our life, and he's trying to influence our life so that we can become influencers. Okay? First thing is giving stewardship Obedience to whatever God tells us to do with money must come from a place of sincere appreciation. The second thing, and this is really important, this may be a little different for some of you, but hear my, hear my heart and go with me to the end of the story, okay? It's faith-based and grace-filled. Now, there's two verses I want you to look at. First is Romans 14, 1 through 4. It says this, accept other believers who are weak in faith. And don't argue with them about what they think is right and wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another person, another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. And those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall, and with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. Now, this is about dietary issues, but you can understand applying that to finances. The second verse is this, and it's Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith and your gifted speakers, your knowledge and your enthusiasm and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Paul's encouraging them to give, but it's by grace. You, no one is ever going to sow what you're supposed to sow based on your own feelings, unless it's some weird sense of guilt or shame, and you're trying to, to give your way into forgiveness, which is not what God wants us to do, because salvation and, and those things are a free gift of God. So as it relates to stewardship, to managing our money, what does faith and grace look like? Well, it's walking in a revelation of the word that you have and being confident in your spirit of what you believe God is speaking to you. I want to tell you a story about two very similar situations that, again, happened in our church. I'm changing the characters uh, so that hopefully nobody recognizes them because they're, they're wonderful people. But there were two families that were a part of our fellowship, and they both experienced I, very similar situations. There, there was a spouse who worked and kind of added to the, the, the income, and there was a spouse who was the primary breadwinner. Well, during, I think it was the dot-com crisis, the primary breadwinners both lost their jobs. And it was very difficult, and they didn't get them replaced for months and months and months and months. And both families, very devout families, solid Christian families, ran up a lot of debt. Because they had, you know, they got bills to pay. They didn't know what else to do, you know, they, you know, and jobs weren't plentiful. They get their jobs, and, and two different things happened. 
Because they'd both been, been givers, and I don't check people's giving records except maybe once a year I look at the list of who gave to the church so we can write appreciation letters, okay? It's not what I'm into. I don't want that kind of relationship with people. I, I, I just, you know, Bible says that we, should, we shouldn't do that. But, but I noticed that the one couple who had got a job had started tithing again, but the other couple hadn't. And they were both leaders in our church, and, and I, I was concerned that there was an offense, that, that maybe I'd said something or something had happened, because, you know, I, I wonder why they're not giving, because they had been givers. And so I, I, you know, asked for an appointment with the one family. The only person who came was the spouse and the wife. And, and I said, you know, hey, I'm not mad, I, I'm just concerned. Is, is there something in our relationship, you know? And, and, and she broke down crying. And I said, what? Whoa, 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 what's up here? She said, I, you know, I just, you know, we're, we're, here's the deal. We've been tithing on my salary, but, but we got so far in debt, and my husband just feels we need to pay off this debt before we tithe again. And, and, and I'm just, I'm so, you know, you don't want me to step out of leadership? I'll step out of leadership. I want you to step out of leadership. What are you talking about? Here's what I want. I want you to be convinced of what God wants you to do. Two, I want you to be in unity with your spouse, because there is no reason that giving to the church should cause a rift in your relationship. God loves you. God cares about you. God wants you to prosper. So we prayed together. Not just out of curiosity, you know, I had another conversation with the other couple, and they'd been tithing, and then I said, you know, I know you guys are you know, going through it. You know, you, you know, I noticed you started giving, and thank you. Hey, we're believing God. We've been tithing all our lives. I'm not about to, to stop now. And besides which, we owe so much without God's help, we ain't getting out of debt. <laughs> I mean, just being honest here, okay? Well, what happened? You go forward... You know, period of time. The first couple worked very diligently, worked very heartily, paid off every dime, you know, started tithing again, prospered, thrived. The second couple, the same thing happened, except the second couple saw supernatural debt retirement. They saw that they saw miraculous provisions, and God, God, you know, helped them. So my question: which couple did God bless? Both of them. He blessed both of them. Did God love both of them? You know, God, did God want to prosper? I mean, clearly both prospered and thrived. But which couple experienced supernatural provision? The one with greater faith. And I'm not judging. I'm not condemning. That's just the reality of it. That, that, that God loves us wherever we're at. And what Paul wrote to the Romans is absolutely true. Man, we're not to look down on people who have a faith at this level. And we're not to, you know, to, to, to look down on people who do stuff that we don't do. Each person, according to Corinthians, should do what they decided in their heart. Where is your faith? And to be blunt, though, we will be blessed in a portion to the faith that we have. Because that's also in Scripture. And if we want to live a supernatural life, we're going to step out of the boat and walk on some water. We're going to do some things that don't necessarily make rational sense, and we'll see the results of that. But likewise, if our faith is not quite there, and we're like, you know, I may get out of the boat, but, but I want my water wings and, and maybe, a, you know, maybe a rubber ducky around my waist, there's no day. You do you, man. But go back to what Paul wrote in the Bible. Each person should do what they've decided in their heart. You guys okay with that? Online family, you okay with that? Okay, God loved both, and God blessed both. The last point about what biblical giving, biblical stewardship, biblical money management looks like is it's obedient to the teachings of the Word and the leading of the Spirit. Okay? Well, what does that mean? 
Number one, giving becomes a priority. It becomes a priority. When we receive from God, the first thing we should ask is, Lord, how do I honor you with what I have received? It's the first fruit concept. It's, it's consistent in the Old Testament. It's consistent in the New Testament. You have blessed me, God. I would like to honor you for this blessing. So giving becomes a priority. It's not, it's not what you do when every other bill is paid. It's, it's done from a place of sincere appreciation for whatever God has done. And so you sow out of that place. You prioritize it. I honestly believe it begins with the tithe. It does. I've just, I've just seen too much personal history in my life and in the lives of other people to tell you that tithing will not bless your life and it's not in accordance with God's word. Because it, it just, everybody I know who has tithed, it's not that they're, you know, divorced from financial problems. It's just, I see God do supernatural stuff in their life. Not when they sow from a legalistic concept, because I've, God, I don't want to put this guy down because he was a really sincere guy, but there was an engineer I used to, to go to church with, and he tithed to the penny. He literally got his paycheck out and tithed to the penny, and, and, and it, was, it was parsimonious. He was, it was in bondage to his money. I'm like, dude, you're not buying off his anger. God's not, you know, it's not like if I don't tithe, the earth is going to open, and I'm going to be destroyed, and, you know, lightning will come down. That's just junk, okay? That's legalism. That's blah. I mean, you ought to give freely and happily because you have a revelation. I have a revelation of the tithe. I would love for all of you to have a revelation of the tithe because I know it would bless your life, okay? Uh, Creflo Dollar once said this, it's the root to the fruit, and, and that's, that makes total sense. It's, again, how do we unlock the blessings to God? Second thing is it's holistic. By holistic, it, it, it's, it covers you know, both income and outflow. You all have, well, not all of you, sometime, not today, I'll share my story of why I tithed for years and was broke as, broke as a church mouse, because I didn't let God control the other 90%. And you, you know, somebody said, you can't outgive God, but you can outspend him. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, I've done it. I know, I know of what I speak. <laughs> and Visa will let you. <laughs> Has anybody ever got a second credit card so you could get a cash advance and pay off the first credit card? Am I the only one? Ah, I was young and foolish. And, and I, I'm just telling you that it's holistic. He's going to talk to you about your tithing. He's going to talk to you about your sewing. He's going to talk to you about you know, your priorities. He's going to, you know, your impulse buying. I, I, there's one year, I, at, the, at the end of the year, you know, I do my taxes, and I realized, you know, because I'd gotten really lazy with my laundry, and I'd put it in this sack, and I'd throw it off at a, at a dry cleaner's, and I'd come back, and this is, you know, 25 years ago. One year when I was a young man, or actually 35 years ago, I spent $3,000 at a dry cleaner. And I was, and, I, and I, my credit cards are maxed, and I'm broke. I go, maybe the convenience isn't worth it. <laughs> Perhaps I should go to the laundromat with some quarters and shove those in there, you know? A buck a week, and, and you know, at that time, a buck a week would do my laundry. But I'd say $1 times 52 is how much? Okay, that's less than 3000 just so you know. <laughs> so it's holistic, and, and, and it looks at our whole life in totality. The third thing about its obedience to the teachings of the word is, is not just that it makes giving a priority. It's not just that it's holistic. It's that the least become a priority in our lives. The least of these. This is why missions is not optional. 
Frida's amening me. She's got her thumbs up. Good job, Pastor. <laughs> I mean, if, if we really say that, that, that our heart is for the least of these, how do we not give to missions? How do, how, do we, how do we reconcile that? I don't know how you reconcile that. I have not, to me, okay, make the least of these a priority. Okay, then we're going to sow to missions. Years ago, a good friend of mine, you know, he and I have wonderfully pointy-headed intellectual debates about all kinds of things. But, but he said, I don't give to missions because I just don't feel a compassion or a motivation in that direction. And I remember thinking, well, why don't you get saved? <laughs> And, and he's like, I beg you, he said, it was the son of a pastor, and he was raised in the church. He said, excuse me. I said, you can't sit there and tell me you don't care for the least of these and tell me that you've experienced a transforming you know, work of the Holy Spirit. you got to get saved. And I was going, being exact, you know what I'm saying. But he, had, he just wouldn't, he was cheap. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being blunt. I mean, where is it? he's just cheap. And I said, secondly, you're not giving out of faith because I don't believe that what I give to missions is lost. Da, 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 da. See, this is this is will set you free. If you see what you sow, what you give, what you invest as lost to you, as money that you have thrown away, well, you're going to resent God because He's taking away from you. But if you see it as a seed that God is going to bring back into your life in some way, you get happy, you get cheerful. You go, man, no problem. And I, and I know people are have opinions on seed faith, but I'll just be blunt. There have been three or four, uh, four significant moments in my life where I needed a breakthrough in some area, and God challenged me to give a large, unusual, extra gift that I wrote, and I put on the memo, this is for this, and I sowed that seed, and every single time, God responded. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Again, this is not, we give out of faith and out of grace. There's no judgment. We don't look down. We don't, we, I'm just trying to encourage you that there may be a level of faith in your giving that God wants to take you to that you haven't considered before. Not so that he can take things from you, but so that he can release the abundance of heaven back into your life and free you from the fear of money. Uh, it, it, being broke stinks. And that's, I mean, dead serious. I mean, I have been broke. I, it is a horrible place to be in. Not being able to pay your bills, it robs you of dignity. It robs you of, of, of who you are in Christ because you forget that you're, you know, I'm the child of the most high God. I can't pay my bills, but I'm the child of the most high God. And it's still true even if you can't pay your bills, but for some reason it's lost. So again, we go back to the fundamental three reasons that are in Corinthians. God wants you to enjoy life, God wants to empower your life, and God wants to influence your life so that you can influence others. Which brings us to the fourth point. First is giving becomes a priority when we follow the Bible. It's holistic. It's not just income, it's outflow. It makes the least of these or missions a priority, and it makes room for random acts of generosity. There are times in your walk with God where the Lord will tell you to do something for somebody if you're open to it, particularly if you have something. Uh, I was remembering uh, an incident or a story when I, when I was preparing this. Years ago, we were going through a leadership training uh, at the church and at the ministry, and there was a guy there you know, who was the facilitator, and he, he had you know, experienced supernatural abundance, and he was prospering. And he said, God told him, him, not everybody, told him to walk around with a $100 bill in his pocket, not to spend on him, but to give to somebody else. 
And he said, I want you to pray every day who you're supposed to bless that $100 bill with, or bless with that $100 bill. Sorry, English teachers. You know, he just, and so he would pray. He said, I carry a $100 bill in my pocket. I don't give it away every day, but I, I carry it until I feel the Holy Spirit prompt me who to give that to. And so he gave away several thousand dollars a year. Uh, he may still. Would you like his number? <laughs> I just thought I'd ask. I mean, you know. It's, but but was it, what was interesting about that is I was, I was remembering that, and somebody shared with me this week that they had a similar incident. Somehow they had gotten a $100 bill. Somebody had given them birthday money or whatever. But they had $100, and that, that, that was unusual. And they felt a strong unction of the Holy Spirit to give that $100 bill to somebody else. So they did. And the story he told me, he said, Pastor, it was so cool. I got an immediate return on it. I literally went home, and I was doing my laundry, and I got in my sock drawer. And underneath the socks in the back of the drawer, the ones that you shove back there and you never use, yeah, and, but you're too cheap to throw them out because, you know, Armageddon might come, and you might need an extra pair of socks. I don't know what that's all about. And, and, and he looks under there, and he finds a $100 bill. And he goes, I was so cool. And I said, oh, so did you sew the second one? Are you crazy? No, I. <laughs> now, now, maybe the $100 thing is, is not where you are, but, but God says to care for one another. God says, and, and people get into, into hurt. Send them a check sometimes. Or Venmo, Venmo, is that the right way to say that? Venmo, the dad, see, I did good, Jose. You know, you Venmo them some money. Do something. Be, be willing for the Holy Spirit to cause you to sow random blessings because he puts a burden on your heart for somebody who's going through it because that creates the kind of community that God wants us to have where we share each other's burdens. So looking at 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 11, and really asking ourselves, again, why does God care about how we handle our finances? Because he wants to bless us so that we enjoy life. He wants to bless us so he can empower us to have resources that we can use to be a blessing to others. And he wants to influence us so that we influence others. But all giving, if it's biblical, begins from the heart, not from the head, not out of guilt, not out of shame, not out of anything. It's, it's grace-filled. It's full of faith. It's not condemning somebody because they're at a different place in their faith walk than you are. It's, it's realizing that God, God accepts everybody, and, and he wants to bless everybody. And so to the measure of your faith, he's going to bless you. And, and again, not to get all whatever about it. You know, let God lead them, and let him lead you, okay? And it's obedient to the teachings of the word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Which brings me to this moment. And I asked the pastors if they would not receive the offering today until the end of the service, and they were, they were fine. Because I, I want to do something in response to this message. Number one, I want to encourage us all to participate, whether we're online or whether we're in person. You can text to give if you're online. You can go to the webpage. If you're in person, there's a number of different ways. But I don't want this, you know, and to be just our regular gift. And again, I'm not against the, the, the discipline of giving. I have a discipline of giving. I have a certain way I give. It's, it's, I give the same way every time because it's a discipline. I've got a budget. There's nothing wrong with that. But I never want the discipline of giving, the, the, the routine of giving, 
to, to become just a tradition or, or some sort of, you know, like obligation. I want it to come from a place of sincerity in my heart because I truly want to be a grateful child of God. And I want all of us to be grateful children of God. So I want us to, to be in thanksgiving. Secondly, let's release some faith. I know a number of people are going through some difficult times. And, and not everybody has everything. And I'm not asking you to, 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 to do something crazy. What I'm asking you to do is be sensitive to the Holy Spirit about whether God wants you to sow uh, an extra seed this morning. Could be a dollar, could be 10,000. Don't know what it is. Maybe there's something in your life that, that God wants you to tap into releasing a provision for. Like I did those four times. Four situations that I couldn't control. Four situations that were beyond my abilities that God just said, what you can do, Reese, is worship me and stand in faith. And faith sometimes asks you to take a corresponding action, which in my case has been to sow financial seeds. And maybe, again, maybe, God is saying, okay, you've been frustrated with this. How about you sow a seed in faith to bring a fresh provision? Maybe there's a missionary that you want to support. You've always liked what they did, but you've, for whatever reason, you just haven't given them some funds. Uh, for those of you who are curious about the Pakistani thing, it, it, it actually continues. They've burned 21 churches now, and so the need has only grown. I, I want to thank you all for sowing into that. Eliphaz, are you in the room? Is it, is it Give Pakistan? Is that what they send? Give Pakistan. And how do I spell Pakistan? <laughs> P-A-K? Thank you all. I can do calculus, spelling, eh, not so much. It's, um, that's why if you read some of my emails, I sound like a third grader. But um, the, the, the point of this is that, that maybe there's a missionary that you want to support. And, and finally, maybe it's just a random act of generosity. Maybe you'll leave here and um, drop by somebody's house and God will tell you to bless them. I never give money to homeless people. This week I gave five bucks to a guy because I just felt like God told me to. And I know it's against all the rules they tell you. They tell you not to do that, but I just felt like I would be disobedient to God if I didn't give the guy five bucks. I, he's one who hangs around the church. I've seen him. I've known him. We've taken him hamburgers at times. But let's just begin. So begin to, first of all, worship. God, we worship you. We worship you in spirit and in truth. We have, we have sought this morning to understand your word and your word as it relates to to this duality of following you and living in blessing and trying not to let money become an idol in our life. We know we can't serve two masters. And so, God, we can't. We can't serve two. We can't serve you and serve money. We have to, we have to find a place of, of, of balance in this. And so I ask you, Lord, to help us understand your word. Help us to, to muse and meditate on this word. And, and be at peace with what you reveal to us. And not judge anyone else. Not judge anyone else. You know, help us, God, be at peace. Because you are the source of every good and perfect gift. You are the source of manna in the midst of the wilderness. And you brought the abundance in the promised land whether it was a daily provision or a generational provision, enough to last for multiple generations, you're the one who brought it. And you've been good to us. You've been good to me, God. You've been good to me. 
I have no complaint, no criticism that I would lay at your feet. Nothing about our relationship has been, been cruel or mean or disinterested, just the opposite. You have always, you've always been good to me. God, build my faith. Let me so Help me to, to step into a, a greater place of faith in my giving. Help us to step into a greater place of faith. I, I speak increase into the lives of everyone who's giving in this offering, not out of some weird sense to manipulate you, but just in accordance to your word. I speak what Paul spoke, that, that if we sow generously, we will reap generously, and we will reap God because you want to use us to be a blessing. Help people who are, are, are on that cusp of, well, I, I'm feeling led to tithe, but should I tithe? And God, help them in their indecision. Help them have peace with what you're deciding and give them confidence to rest in that choice. I pray for, for missions gifts, for this Pakistani offering we're raising up and, and, and the other just regular giving that we do every month that we sow into people all over the world. Bless our missionaries. Help us to partner with the least of these. And help us not be ambivalent to the poor and the needy, both within our congregation and without. Help us to be open to random acts of generosity that show that you are real and that you love people. So God, speak to everyone here, everyone online. So if you would, Dave, would you hand me my phone? I want you to take out whatever it is. This is how I give. And I just want you to hold it in your hand. And if you're texting to give like me, just prepare it. Prepare what, don't send it yet, just prepare it. If you're using an offering envelope this morning, take the envelope out of the chair in front of you, fill it out. If you're giving cash, that's fine. If you're watching online, you want to participate, but don't give it yet. I want you just to prepare it. Everybody good? Anybody need some more time? We used to give people time to write checks, but, you know, who writes checks? I, I write, yes, I do. Thank you, Lois. I appreciate it. I still write checks. You guys good? Everybody ready? Father, we send this, we give this, we sow this to you and to the kingdom of God. Go ahead and give. Ushers, serve the people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.